What's up, guys? Good evening. Uh, you are listening to the Pixels Get Me podcast. It is January 26th, a little bit after midnight, Central Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about several different things today. Um, we're going to be covering a little bit about Anthem, a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 3, um, some stuff about the Activision Blizzard Bungie split and some of the uh, the effects that's, that's having, uh, big picture stuff. A little bit on uh, what Google's doing and a couple fronts between Wikimedia and uh, DeepMind, their AI. Uh, a little bit about Amazon, a little bit about Microsoft, you know, just rounding up the tech sector. Uh, we do have tonight with us um, Kill Ohms, who has been with us before previously as Kill Plays. He's in the middle of a little, uh, you know, rebrand and stuff. What's up, Kill? Welcome. How you doing, bud? I mean, I kind of know how you're doing. It's kind of like a weird no. thing because, like, we've been hanging out this most the, of the day. This is the first the time. This is the first time. What? Well, yeah, time, so. t- totally is. I've, I've, I haven't talked mm-hmm. to Pixel since episode 13, guys. <laughs> it's been three weeks since we've ever con- made contact again. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Cool. cool. So how is how is Pax? I didn't get to talk too much about Pax. Uh, Pax is good, man. Um, honestly, it's a uh, you know, an event like that uh, causes some some social anxiety for sure. Um, my highlight of the whole thing was on Sunday uh, when me and my wife were able to kind of hang out because um, I was hanging out without her all all weekend, Friday Saturday. Um, but Sunday, I brought the family to PAX, and uh, we ended up sending the boys to like a Minecraft tournament and something else, and then we just sat down at the Reaper miniature table and we painted our first uh figurines i put it up on twitter yeah i thought i I thought i saw that yeah it was uh it was really solid like that was that was an awesome little chill 45 minute uh experience you know i've always wanted to paint um minis and all that um just not something we've ever really gotten into but we really enjoyed it it was solid that's awesome i'm glad to hear it but overall like seeing seeing packs being you know in a collective uh in a collective, you know, like that mindset, you know, just nothing but games, like all around you, nothing yeah. but people who love games, who dress up like game characters, who want to play the latest, greatest stuff. Um, it's just cool being a part of that, you know? Yeah. I, that collective I, had a similar, I had a similar experience when I went down to Dragon Con in Atlanta. Like that was my first big con. And so I, I, I get it. I completely get it because you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so many people that that get me, you know. So it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we're coming up on our on our one year anniversary of even knowing about Mixer because that's this is when I found out about Mixer last year. So um, nice, Pack South 2018. I I saw the Mixer booth and I was like, man. I've got to do this, you know. So uh, I was been doing uh, it ever since. But I'm at like 13 and a half month. Nice, dude. That's where I'm at with being on Mixer. And then, how long were you on uh, Twitch or something else before that? Uh about three years. Okay, well, cool. Twitch cool. for three years, and in and in less than a year, I I had already had more success on on this platform. So. Yeah. And and I think I think you have a pretty awesome stream too, dude. I've said that in the past, but 
I, I appreciate that. That's awesome. funny. I was talking to my, I was talking to one of my friends as a, I was going to going and getting dinner and whatnot tonight, and she was like, "Yeah, it, you were you were doing really good at that game. I, I couldn't hear anything because the audio was messing up for me, but it, but you seemed like you were doing really good." I was, this was when I, we were playing Anthem earlier. I was like, "Yeah, I happen to do good in, in PVE situations, right? Like, because mm -hmm. I, I get a little, I get a little gung ho. I put myself into positions that I probably shouldn't be in, and I make it work." It was like uh, when we were doing that second mission, you said nice shot with my grenade or whatever. I got really unlucky on where I landed after a jump, and I was surrounded by enemies, so I chucked my grenade down and jumped out. <laughs> and it just, it, it worked. So, that's just, I like I like doing this stuff like that, though, because I always have fun with PvE. I get myself into situations I shouldn't be in. Totally. It's always fun. So yeah, um, earlier today, um, I guess I'll ask, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? Um, all right. So for me, if we go back, I have played Borderlands in some fashion every week for the past five weeks. Next to Kingdom Hearts, it is the most consistent game I have played. And well, you did a randomizer with it, right? Oh my gosh, the randomizer was spectacular. Awesome. I was having so much fun with that the other day, so like, I'm definitely gonna bring it back. So if you guys want to see um, the randomizer, you should definitely stop by at some point because the randomizer was so much fun. It was a good time. Uh, and then uh, I, I was playing with my buddy Panda the other day. We were supposed to play Black Ops Four, but we ended up playing Smash because his Xbox was messing up for him. Well, his internet was messing up, but mm -hmm. so we did that. Uh, I did a little bit of the RPG Maker tonight. And then I switched over to Anthem with you. And then mm -hmm. uh, I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. And then uh, off stream, I really like, like, if I'm a little stressed, I go and I'll do like a 10 minute run through Gungeon. Like, enter I'll go play. Dungeon. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go into Enter the Gungeon. And I'll just, I'll play, I'll play a run or two. Like, it's, it, I don't know what it is. It doesn't like help de stress me, but it's just fun. Like, it's just fun. Oh, man. Any loot boxes, if you knew, buddy. If you knew, I, I somehow magically explained the entire series in an hour with my buddy Sando, and we, I still don't know how that one happened. All right, so... We got so pretty lucky there. On that note, guys. Um, so, so I have chat. Well, for those of you listening on audio, um, this is recorded live on Friday nights at Mixer.com slash Pixelskip, okay? Um, with that, that gives us the opportunity to have chat uh, interact with us and just log in and say stuff about the articles that, uh, that we're talking about or about whatever we're talking about. So uh, I'm not ignoring chat. I will, I will definitely uh, share you guys and your thoughts um, as I can throughout the podcast. Um, but in regards to what any loot boxes just said, he said the Kingdom Hearts is pretty good, really weird story. Um, so Kill and Sando, um, a buddy of his, have been putting together a, uh, a podcast called Organization 2. Which is literally the best name which is <laughs> that I've ever come up with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it is, it is kind of meta, all right? It really is. Um, if, if, you, if you know how that goes, it's, it's good. It's a good name, <laughs> man. It really is. 
Um, but yeah, so he's uh, he's got four episodes at the moment. Uh, there's four seven episodes more. and two mini episodes. Yeah, so, 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 so I had I had two mini rant. Well, I had one was an update, one was a mini theory rant, and then um, Sando and I have had four. Four episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah four yeah. full, full episodes. exposés, hour-long. Oh stuff my gosh, about Kingdom yeah, Hearts, which is it's solid. It's good content, man. It's it's probably my mo- it's probably the most favorite, like my most favorite content that I just get to make because like there's times where like you can even tell um, during I think the second episode you can tell the most like Sando and I are just sitting there and like we just we're both so passionate about the series and like we were with our buddy Nar who who doesn't know as much as we do. And we just like, it's not like a, oh, we're going to make fun of him because he doesn't understand what's going on. But we like, we're so in love with it. We want him to understand and join us in this endeavor of over loving a series. Um, that is just, at least in my opinion, like it's, it's been the best series I've played. Like I just can never find another series that trumps it for me. Um, Understood. which is spectacular. Like for me, so- so if you need a if you need a Kingdom Hearts fix and you're listening to this on audio, his uh, his podcast will be linked in the uh, in the show description for tonight's episode. Um, so definitely go check it out. Um, it's quality it's quality content, guys. There's not a lot of not a lot of Kingdom Hearts fanboys that can put everything into words and and make it intelligible and still be able to understand uh, everything that is Kingdom Hearts because it is a deep, uh, crazy story. There's a long long time ago. Uh, I forget who it was. Um, one of the Final Fantasy creators. He had uh, he had come over to the to the Kingdom Hearts guy who was writing all the Kingdom Hearts stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, it's not it's not complicated enough. You know, you need to yeah. you're, you're publishing with Square. It needs to be more complicated." And they said, "Oh, okay, cool. We'll make it more complicated." And uh, Kingdom Hearts is freaking complicated. It's, and, it uh, is. Oh man, and it's a wild ride, man. Like there's it's, there's happiness and there's tears and there's blood and sweat. Oh, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mess next week because next Kingdom week Hearts three, yeah. Oh, it comes <laughs> out in three days, yeah, technically. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I know I'm gonna be a mess. Like I'm gonna be crying and everything, and yep. because I was sitting during the final battle trailer and the first time I watched it, I was in shock and like I couldn't. Yeah, you can't even I, talk. I couldn't. You can't even stop talk. myself. Yeah. I couldn't stop myself because I, I like I like was tearing up and I had tears coming down. Like there was nothing I could do to stop it. I was because I was in so much shock from what was going on and it's, oh yeah, it's gonna be but, uh, it's gonna be an epic finale of this saga. And, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. KSM asked if anything would ruin the game series for me, and um, what do you think? We'll do it. What would do it? Like Nomura will do it. Like that, he's the creator of the game. Like he, he will. Yeah. If I come up with some idea of how he could ruin the series for me, it would then magically pop up. And so I just pretend that there's nothing that can ruin the series, and I keep those dark secrets down in the depths of my head. I like it. Yeah, what's really cool is uh, so the game's out right now in Japan. Yeah. Um, so so people can play the Japanese version. There's you know early release English version and press. Review and review copies some, are out too. Yeah, yeah, review copies and all that. So um so one of the things about it is uh that the DLC 
that they're coming out with the first little bit of DLC. I guess it's a day one patch, but um, it's the epilogue. Yeah. So if people, if the game leaked, which it has twice now, I think. Um, yeah, significant leaks. leaks. Two, two major leaks. Yeah, two major <laughs> leaks. Um, if you play through the whole game, you still don't know how everything ends. And they they made that specifically in case uh, it leaked that they would be protected, that the fans would be protected and not find out all the uh, see, super That right stuff. there, that right there makes me so happy for them and like yeah. how they do things because like yeah. if if you guys don't know, Kingdom Hearts fans have been waiting for this for ten years. Like, and if you go off of just saying like. If you go off the last main game that came out, it came out in 2015. So we've been waiting for four years for another game there. Um, and then 10 to 10 years ago, Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced. And yep. 13 years ago, 14 years ago, roughly, to, uh, 13 to 14, Kingdom was Hearts Kingdom Hearts 2. Because it came out in December of, 20, of uh, 2005. Yep. So we've been waiting a while. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a long time coming, and as I mean, I only became a fan in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I've I've literally been the only series that I have been willing to like bend over backwards for. So all right, so let's let's pull an audible and uh, and change the order of stuff for a sec. Since okay. we're talking Kingdom Hearts three, we'll get we'll get to Anthem here in a minute. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, put we'll put Anthem back uh, to the third article. Yeah, yeah. So so the first bit, um, there's an article from IGN. Uh, it was a nice little deep dive with the co-director talking about all the things that are in Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, things that they've kept from uh, from previous Kingdom Hearts, new things, uh, whether that be Keyblades or Gummy Ships or whatever. Um, really solid article. Uh, if you're if you're looking forward to the game or if you want to have an idea of uh, of what it is um, without playing, you know, the story so far, which is a uh, which is a compilation of the nine games. Yeah, it has before. Yeah, the first nine games of the series in it. Yeah, so if you don't want to wait for that and you just want to get into the Kingdom Hearts which, 3 hype, you can read through this and kind of have an idea of what, which direction yeah. the game was going. Um, they it's talk like, about... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like it's like um, seven games, three movies. Because yeah. two of the games were turned into movies and then they had a movie that is supposed to take place that was never published as a game so yep. the story so far like if you've never played kingdom hearts the story so far is 40 bucks and at least us and it is the best deal for kingdom hearts to ever happen if you already have 1.5 and 2.5 and 2.8 do not buy it like i'm pretty sure the save data will not transfer your your beautiful files your beautiful saves will not transfer it's, it's so just keep where you're at but if you've never played the series it is an amazing it's an amazing investment yeah and uh and yeah i mean together the story so far i mean it would be potentially hundreds of hours of entertainment if you've never gotten into yeah Hearts, we so we calculated it up before to go through the game series all of it casually sando and i and i want to say i don't remember exactly but I want to say we said it was going to be somewhere between two to three hundred hours casually, yeah, because Kingdom Hearts one point. and two alone, which are the two longest ones, are about twenty-five to thirty hours. Yep. And that's if you that's if you just don't even explore 
the world. So, and what's really cool about Kingdom Hearts is, I mean, you get to go into 3D recreations of tons of Disney uh, stories, and then a little bit of, of Final Fantasy and Square characters are thrown in there, and it's just kind yeah. of a melting pot of a lot of different things, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of a lot of nods to so many different things, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's a real it's, treat. It's really cool because you get to look at the stories. And like it take like a Mulan story, and if you watch like somebody play through it on Kingdom Hearts, yep. you can actually kind of see where it would make canonical sense for the actual movie. Where yeah, you're like, how oh. they inserted them into exactly. that movie, and like that's why things went that way. Yeah, like that's why. Oh, that's showed, why. Yeah, yeah they, they never showed Sora, Donald, and Goofy at any point in Mulan, but it very well could have happened. Yeah, well, and it's like it's like uh, one of those things of like it's a recreation, right? Like maybe the movie was a recreation of the actual event, and the actual events are what happened in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things that is kind of cool, and uh, it, it's neat to see the connections that they've made and everything like that, and how it works with the stories. Um, this wanna... article, yeah, the deep, the deep dive. I think it's interesting. I was scrolling through it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny when they were like the world specific gimmicks. I was like, have you played any of the other Kingdom Hearts games? Like they all had world specific gimmicks. Like, yeah, I understand what you're saying with like the Giga robots or the the downhill sledding, but like Port Royal in Kingdom Hearts two had pirates. Like you fought actual humans instead of Heartless. And they turned into the the zombie yeah, skeleton skeletons. pirates. Yeah. Like they've had these things like that have been gimmicks for the games for all the time. And so it's like I I get where they're like, yeah, these are these are new, but like it's really not new. And I don't think reading like what uh, Yasue. I don't, I'm gonna say that I'm guessing it's Yasue, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yasue. Yeah. Um. I thought it was funny because it's like, if you read what he says, like, he's like, this is what we love to do in the games. But like, when you read the article, it's like, these are brand new things that they've never done before. I'm like, but they kind of have. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't think the, the article is like, uh, no, to the level of, of Kingdom Hearts knowledge that uh, I would expect from an idea. So in other brand, words, but... what I'm hearing is I should just go work for IGN when they post anything Kingdom Hearts. Or, or okay. you should just submit articles to him, man. Oh, you know, man. Free, freelance like, it, you know? I could. I could freelance it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, I thought the Keyblade transformations, they, they were cool, but, like, I don't know. We've seen them before, like, through all the trailers. So, like, I'm more excited to put them to use than to see them. Like, cool. I'm glad that we could see it. But I also think that, like, a lot of people don't understand why the Keyblade changes. Because the Keyblade is actually always, and I think it's one of the special parts about the Kingdom Key that, that Sora has access to, is that it only changes based on the keychain on the end. And so the keychain that he gets on the end is what turns it into a different Keyblade. Um, so like when Oathkeeper was first shown in Kingdom Hearts 1, it was... Uh, a representation of the Palpu fruit on the end of it. And that's because he had found the keychain and had made that pact with Kyrie about the Palpu fruit and everything like that. 
and it was his oath to her. It's just like how, it's just like how, um, Oblivion has the crown on the end of it because it was, it was all of, like, the manifestation of everything bad from Riku and how it was, like, that kind of tainted crown. Like, he was supposed to be the chosen one, but he let himself get corrupted. And so it, that's, you know, it's, and so it's, it's cool to think about it theory crafting wise and to look at how these keyblades aren't really, like, different keyblades. It's kind of just whatever gets attached to it turns the kingdom key into it because that's the that's the special blade is the kingdom key. Yeah, it's like um, what it not, not to say that not to say that they can't forge blades. Like not to say that there isn't a forged version of every single blade that is there. It's just with how Sora's works, you usually only have access to one keyblade. So to have different ones, what happens with his is the keychain itself. So there's a little bit of fun um knowledge for you if you were ever interested in listening to an old man ramble about <laughs> his love of kingdom hearts <laughs> nice all right um let's move on to the uh to the next article with um with the kingdom hearts 3 uh live stream issue so there's a uh, there's a message when you start playing kingdom hearts 3 um where it's like uh before you stream you know, and it says, you know, yeah. this game is a copyrighted work. It's held by Walt Disney and a collaboration of authors representing Walt Disney. Um, and then certain characters are copyrighted by Square Enix. And it says, yeah. you're free to stream this game in non-commercial context. However, using streams of the game to primarily provide or listen to music is prohibited in such non-commercial context. So it's kind of yeah. interesting to see the, the big before you stream disclaimer. <laughs> um, it's funny because like, this is in 1.5 and 2.5 remix as well. Yep. There, you, you press triangle on the main screen before you choose what game, and this exact same thing pops up. So I don't know why everybody's like, I don't know why this is such an interesting thing. Like, this, like the streaming message isn't exactly a clear one. No, it's very clear. They state it right there, and it, it's it's don't use this as a way to listen to our music. It's it's really all it's coming from because. I don't know. I I think it's silly for people to be like, "Wow, where did this come from?" Because like they've done it in every single remix that they've had come out. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, "Oh, look at that! Another before you stream thing." Because the other thing is like, of course they ha they want to have it. they're on the forefront. They're doing something that's revolutionary for most games. They're putting their copyright and their streaming like what their what their ex expectation is out there for you you know most games nowadays it's it's not hey this is what we're expecting they're oh copyright strike because they didn't do what we wanted them to do but nobody knows what you want us to do nintendo yeah yeah yep. like we play the games but you don't like the fact that we left our music on that day so it's it's like one of those things of like at least they're going on it out, out the front saying hey look if you're literally not putting content with this, it's copyright. But if you're putting content with this, then we don't care what you do. And I think that's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's nice because I feel like they're actually being upfront with us about what they expect. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo in the past they've had a, they've had a lot of problems with with streamers and streamers streaming their stuff. Um, but I mean, there's always 
you know, you can always just turn on the stream and just hope that you just don't get turned off, yeah. you know, but YouTube, yeah. I mean, YouTube's a little different. It's got such a, such a deep, a deep search now built in that if you, if you do play that intro movie, you know, and Skrillex's song comes on like copyright strike. Yeah. I can oh, see yeah. that like instant, you know, like that's, that's pretty. Easy. Oh, I, I can see it too. I just think, I don't know. I, I understand it. Um, I just think it's, I mean, it's interesting, of course, to come from it from the angle of the actual copyright stuff. I think what makes it humorous to me is the fact that it's like this article that we're, that we got is like surprised that they have a warning. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what makes me laugh more because it's like, of course they have a warning. And at least they're upfront about their warning. Like they're saying, hey, by the way, don't do this. Not like, don't do that. We don't want you to do that because we will copyright you for it. So uh, I, that's where I think it's humorous. I think in the actual mode of the copyright strike stuff, it'll be interesting to see how it works for if people want to go through it in a certain way or something like that. I think that'll be interesting. Um, because I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked anything at Kingdom Hearts three on YouTube. I uh, stopped oh, typing those. I, I stopped typing those three connected words together like two months, like after the final battle trailer. That was the last time I searched anything Kingdom Hearts three. Otherwise, I'll just search Kingdom Hearts content every once in a while, see what people are putting out there, so I have an idea yeah. um, for myself. But otherwise, like. I don't, I want to stay as far away, like, I don't follow a lot of major um, Kingdom Hearts content creators that would spoil anything. Everybody mm -hmm. that I follow is very, like, no. Like, I, uh, Keyblade uh, Sarah is a Twitch streamer. She's also does YouTube, and she's like, hey, none of my thumbnails will have spoilers, and every, and none of my titles will have spoilers. Everything will be, like, good, and you don't have to be spoiled by it. Whereas, like, then I look at somebody big, um, and this happened in my subscription box the other day. I'm glad I had seen somebody play the latest episode of The Walking Dead, uh, Telltale. Because um, Jacksepticeye actually put a spoiler in one of his titles. Oh, and I was like, really? Come on. Like, bruh. That's, that's not... Man. That's, that's like, I, I just, I hate to see stuff like that, because it's like, then we have to start expecting people to put spoilers, at which point then I don't want stuff in my subscription box because I don't want it to be spoiled for me. I want to be able to enjoy it while watching you play it versus being like, oh, well, this person's hand is probably going to get chopped off because he says, wow, what a hands-free environment or something. You know, they put something mm -hmm. like that, like, in there. So you're just... Yeah. Suggestive. Yeah, it's so yeah. suggestive that you're like, just stop, please. But, I don't know, we'll see. I don't know, I don't, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to put Kingdom Hearts 3 content up on YouTube or not yet. Um, I, I might do, like, a first impressions, take my nice big, like, 10-hour stream that's going to happen on Tuesday. I might try to chop it down to, like, you know, 10 minutes or so of, like, just really, like, oh my god, first impression moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But that that might be it, like... Otherwise, I'm going to wait until I start doing challenges and start going through and doing stuff like like 
level one playthroughs or quick playthroughs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and you've done that on the other games as well, so that makes sense. Uh, well, yeah, well, actually, it's the, my Dondo did the crit run for Kingdom Hearts two, and I started a level one crit mode run, which nice. is just like Satan incarnate. <laughs> That's a challenge for sure, man. I, not not th- something I would enjoy, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely rough. But... Torture sounds better. You know? Well, I'm, but th- see, the thing is, like, and and I, I <laughs> you go back and look at the clip. It's probably my favorite clip up to date. But like when I beat Axel after the struggle matches, and oh man, did I struggle with Axel? Like, but once I beat him. I literally, like, stood up out of my chair and, like, let out this, like, Super Saiyan, like, charge-up sound. Because, like, it was just... Only... I I feel like I've only ever gotten it in Kingdom Hearts where I can feel so powerful for smacking somebody with a giant key. Like, it just... I don't know what it was, but, like, being stuck behind it and then finally beating that boss, like... It's like why people play Dark Souls. You know, it's it's why people play those games to get that like, oh, I finally did it, and you just feel that like that free of all this stress and everything just runs out of your body, and it's just oh, it's so like invigorating. Like I had such an adrenaline rush after I beat Axel because I was like, I didn't think I was gonna beat him. I thought he was gonna destroy me. So it was it was nice. It was nice in that fact, but. We should probably move away from Kingdom Hearts because, um, as we know, I can I can talk hours and hours and hours yeah, about was, it. So I was moving you anyway. You're good. Though. I know. I, 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 I was picking up on the vibes. I was like, we need to we need to move on to the to the anthem if, stuff. So if you guys again, if you guys want to hear more about the passion of Kingdom Hearts from Kill, uh, definitely check out his podcast in the notes below. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about what our day was earlier today. Um, so the, the <laughs> anthem, uh, the anthem VIP demo, um, that, that definitely awesome. didn't start off rough. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was excited, you know, cause it, I, it, I played the alpha and, yeah. uh, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to see more. The alpha was an awesome tease, but a tease that we couldn't really talk about. Um, whereas this one is, you know. Not the not the very intro yeah, uh, story there's... like Alpha was, but this puts you at level ten, and you get to finally unlock another uh, javelin, which is the the frame, the uh, the, suit the Iron or whatever that you want to that you want to fly around in. Um, but yeah, we had which... some uh, we had some slight issues, was... dude. How did how did it go? It was all right. So my first impressions of it, like I I really love Anthem right now, like. A lot of people that know me will say that uh, my favorite first-person shooter, or favorite shooter in general, um, because this one's definitely not a first-person, but my favorite shooter is probably Destiny, um, or Destiny 2. People will probably say that. I think Anthem might be a front-runner for, like, being my favorite shooter of all time. Like, it's just... I had so much fun playing it. They just... The only problem was like, I mean, you and I, we came, I, I came up with a pros and cons list while we were streaming, you know, I was upset. We didn't have an FOV slider. It, it was hard on my streaming software. Um, I didn't like that. There was a lack of video custom, custom the customization. Gotcha. Um, for the, uh, for the settings. And then I, 
we both hated that the movement was so slow in town. But like the pros were it hit that power fantasy. Like it like whenever you want to feel powerful in a game, like it hit that. Um I really liked the flight mechanics. I thought it felt good once I got used to it and everything like that. Um and then the landscapes I threw on there, the, the landscapes are just gorgeous. But right now if it if they did if EA didn't change anything, um well then the game's gonna be dreadful because the servers were rough. You kept getting DC'd. Uh Silent, who was another person who was playing with us, kept getting DC'd. Um I I was getting DC'd a little bit at the end. Like it was it was rough. And um somebody had said it in in one of our chats and they were like, they should have known that this was gonna be this way. Because they knew how many codes they gave out. And I was like, you're right. And they, they should have known how many VIP codes were going out. Multiplied it by four. Because, or mul yeah, multiplied by four. Because you would have had that person's plus three others. Uh, at a maximum possibility. To know what your server allowance should have been. Um, yeah, even on this, article, on this article, Casey Hudson, uh, he tweeted out saying it's not a server capacity issue. It's a different issue. Okay. Um, but I mean, so like logging in was one thing. Um, I think you were running into that issue at the tail end of our, yeah, session. I was, it was, but, it was giving me trouble uh, we were just logging weird, in and staying connected. Yeah. We were having weird loading issues. Just, uh, just like, you know, one kill was loading into the game, you know, light speed faster than us for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice, was... nice computer or not, whatever. Um, but then, like, we would get to 95% on the bar, you know, like 12 pixels away from a full, complete load, and it would just die. And then we'd have to kill the process. And then we'd have you to, to restart log your computer back once. into. Yeah, one time it totally crashed my computer and just turned it off. Like, that was cool. Um, but <laughs> I didn't know it had that, that power, but yeah. it did. Um, and, like, where I, I understand he's saying it's not a server capacity. I still think with the high traffic that was on the server, it was messing with some of this, some of the data back and forth. I don't know. I mean, of course, I'm not there, and it might not have been a capacity issue, but I think it might have been a foot traffic issue. Um, and then, at least I think maybe because I don't know. It's like you got 95% of a download, and then it just stopped. You know, like when yeah, you guys just, are loading into stuff. It reminds me of like, like you know, as a with the with the light programming background, you know, um, you can make a loading bar, right? It's not yeah. necessarily that an asset is ninety five percent loaded. It's just different parts of the loading bar mean different things are loaded, right? Yeah. So whatever that is, that's at that part of the bar. It could be at the seventeen percent mark. It could be at the ninety nine percent mark. Whatever item that that, that isn't loading uh needs to be looked at hard because i mean it was the exact yeah. same for multiple people um probably thousands of people well, yeah it didn't it, even it, load it all the way it hit me at the end too the loading did yeah the loading was okay because i it would, it would be i would give me trouble loading in i didn't crash the game didn't crash but i'd have trouble loading in and then i wouldn't i'd be dc'd um, no, I was no. like in the main, I was like in the main world and I keep getting DC'd from stuff. That's where I was like, for me, it seemed like a connection issue because 
I hadn't had any problems connecting and then it would start having trouble loading and stuff where, you know, you're going into these massive multiplayer worlds. And I think that that's where it started to kind of like, it might not have been, a, a, you know, as I said, server capacity, but maybe like a server load almost right. like it was, it was too much of a load on the server um, with everything that was going on. But uh, again, that I don't think EA is going to have a problem fixing it. I really don't. I don't think they're going to have a problem fixing it. I think by, by the time it gets to free weekend next weekend, I think it's going to be perfectly fine. I think we'll, we'll, I think it'll be good. So, uh, so you were talking earlier, um, about the power fantasy of the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like it wasn't a power fantasy until I got, and I unlocked the Colossus. Then it was ridiculous. Like that's, that's the power fantasy. And I think, I mean, I think I can, I can completely, I can completely understand that because the second I jumped into the storm javelin, I was, I was going, I was going crazy, man. I was having so much fun with that when we, when I went to go play my first mission with that, that was, that was awesome. Just to look at the amount of DPS that you could deal with that one character. And then, I mean, you were, you were even having massive amounts of DPS you could throw with yeah. that railgun and everything like it was it hits it and I, and I think i think that ranger which is the default one that you start with at least in the demo i don't know how they're gonna have it set up for actual release um but but the ranger the one that you start off with for the actual demo he he is powerful it's just he's a very He's the most balanced out of all the characters, I think, because yeah, he's the Mario. Where Colossus, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the Colossus has heavy firepower and heavy armor, he has no movement. And the where, Bowser. yeah, he's the Bowser. <laughs> and then you have, you know, you have your glass cannon, which was Storm. Storm is a massive glass cannon because I could be two shot by an elite sniper, um, but at the same time. I could use my alt and take out three bosses for a level. Because if we look at the the first level, the three bosses that we fought, I took one of them down with just one of my one part of my ultimate, which the storm has three parts to their ultimate. They have mm -hmm. uh, a massive like throwdown of uh fire, lightning, and frost damage. Um so it was just one of those things of like it's a glass cannon. If I get hit, I'm gone, and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure the interceptor is the same way. It's just, it's similar, but it's different than how um, the storm was a glass cannon. But the ranger is like the most balanced. You got this nice balance of movement and ability strength that was just like you don't deal as much damage as as some of the other things with your abilities, but you're also not hindered in the same ways you have a very moderate armor you have moderate hp you have moderate shield you know you everything just felt very balanced uh, very much like the mario you know like it it just felt good but like i didn't feel hindered at all because you and i were doing a boss fight and i'm jumping around into the middle of four enemies chucking a grenade down and jumping out of there like it's no problem Whereas if I was playing Colossus, I'd be doing something completely different, but still getting the same result. I yeah. think just the fact that he is balanced and doesn't have 
or I say he, but just because that javelin is balanced and doesn't have a um like an extreme benefit and hindrance is what makes the power fantasy kind of fail with the ranger. Whereas with the storm, it's very obvious why you have that power fantasy. Because if you stay away and you're not getting hit, guess you're what? Just you're everything. just you're yeah. wrecking everything uh, consistently. Especially if you have a great colossus that's tanking the damage and also dealing out massive amounts of damage. Like you and I were just destroying and tearing through everything when we were just going through by ourselves. Yep. Um. So it's it's one of those things of. I think with the Ranger, it's just not as visible of a power fantasy because of how balanced that javelin is. Where I still feel like there was still some of a power fantasy, at least for me there was, because I could still go and do some of the very gutsy things that I like to do in, in uh, players versus environment and still have, you know, and still be able to get out without too much of a consequence. Um, at least most of the time. Sometimes... Sometimes I didn't get out without a consequence and, and the whole team died. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. That's probably not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, uh, gameplay was exceptional. Um, just, you know, stability issues. So typical uh, yeah, typical game at launch or pre-launch early access type deal. Uh, yeah, it was expected for the VIP demo, but if it happens at the open for everybody demo, then um, I think there's going to be some problems. Yeah, any loot boxes says it well. Just EA stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just just some EA stuff. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, probably our last gaming article. Um, this is a quick little blip about um, Activision Blizzard. So we covered it. Um, I want to say last uh, episode or the episode before with Activision Blizzard splitting from Bungie. So Bungie uh, getting rights to the Destiny franchise. Be the com- the best or worst thing that could ever happen to Destiny. Yeah. It's going to be a toss-up. But what's what's interesting is that um, so while people didn't know that this was happening uh, behind the scenes for months um, and then all of a sudden it just kind of happened, um, they may or may not have told their investors uh, that this was happening. <laughs> so <laughs> now there's several, uh, there's several law firms that are teaming up with shareholders to uh, to come after Activision Blizzard for pr- pretty much just shady uh, shady business practices, uh, false expectations for their investments, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it, it already had a rocky start. If you look at a at an Activision Blizzard uh, stock yeah. ticker, it's pretty pretty sad uh, over this last year. It's uh, pretty sure the last time I checked, it's half of what it was worth. Um, they're just having a really hard time. Um, you know, Blizzard is having an exodus of, of leadership. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ideas of trimming costs, which have never even been ideas before at Blizzard, um, because they had this thing called Wow Money, which is basically like the U.S. mint of 150 yeah. million dollars a month. So it's like, why do we need to? Why can't we just buy this game or or build this from scratch or whatever? Now they're actually doing some cost cutting. Um, but yeah, so the the Activision arm, yeah, it very well could have been the biggest uh, the biggest swinging fist of it all. Um, oh, it, it, but Blizzard's losing the Activision, their identity too. 
the Activision thing, the, that's the thing, though, like, Activision is the parent company. Like, right. it, it, it is Activision, Activision Blizzard. And so, like, it, yes, of course, it's probably Activision's fault. But I'm at, at the same time, I'm sitting here going, in, at least in my head, hearing it all, I'm like, better them, better Activision than Bungie. Because if it'd be going towards Bungie, Bungie would be looking at you yeah, know way, way more problems than it could handle. Yeah, with. yeah, exactly. Like they they'd probably fall apart, and that that would be like that'd be sad to me because I grew up with the Halo games and I loved them and I loved what was done. And of course, that's not the same Bungie we have today. There's a lot of different people, but Correct. it's just the fact that like I still have a soft spot for them in my heart. Um, and so. I, I'm happier to see. I, I'm not happy to see Blizzard have to take some of this, but Activision as the parent company, I could care less because it's Activision, and we all have our fair share of problems with certain developers and produce and publishers. And Activision's one of those ones that has always just struck me as they're always in it for the money, um, and at least how they do things, and so I think. For me personally, I'm very okay with the fact of, well, at least it's hitting them and not Bungie, who, who, you know, if it had hit Bungie, then they might not be able to make it. They might not be able to keep developing games. Yep. So, I know Activision, like, they're going to eventually bounce back, so I'm not, like, worried about it. Um, I think it's interesting, and I think it's silly that they didn't tell their stockholders that this was going on. Like... I feel like that's something that should have at least been in a newsletter somewhere. Um, but I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think it's, it, interesting. It, it, I'm just, it, it, I'm, just yeah. I'm really happy. It's not happening to Bungie. I'm yeah. really happy. It's not happening to Bungie. Like they're not the ones that are going to be having to take, you know, to take all this flack for what happened. So. All right, so uh, so let's move into tech articles. So we got four tech articles. We'll probably go through them kind of fast just for the sake of time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, one thing we have is uh, Google giving uh, Wikimedia, which is the foundation that runs Wikipedia, um, tons of money, so in, to the tune of millions of dollars, and also machine learning tools. So um, Wikimedia uh, runs Wikipedia, so if you ever noticed, um, you search for anything on the internet, uh, typically, the first or the second article is a Wikipedia entry, and a Wikipedia entry is completely managed uh, off the charitable graces of people around the world and companies investing into them. Um, it's not a it's not a for-profit business by any means, um, but yeah, they're also uh, giving machine learning tools which will help them uh, kind of network some of the. Uh, the uh, the content in a way that makes it so it's even more connected and can reference itself as an encyclopedia, which is uh, which is exciting because um, the more that you can kind of string information together, uh, a lot of humans can't can't find the uh, you can throw a ton of humans at a project and and they'll still not find that thread that that connects everything. But if you run an AI through it all. Um, we're going to learn all kinds of things and how they're related. So, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Um, the, uh, I, I'm ahead. excited for it as a, as a 
as an educator, yeah, I'm exactly. excited for it because we've been seeing this coming for so long of Wikipedia being a quote unquote reliable resource because yeah. they, they have been. They've had a lot of people who review it have doctorates in the certain areas they're reviewing. Yeah, um, and it's really but, controlled. People talk a lot yeah. of crap about being able to update a, a Wikipedia article, but certain articles, I mean, they'll get they'll get changed back within hours if someone's yeah. watching. So, and I so I think personally, I was like, I'm really glad, I'm kind of glad to see that this is happening and that Google's kind of making that move to make it a legit spot. Um, I think that that's going to be really good in the long run for uh, for Wikipedia and for educators and for students. Um, because it won't just be a spot to find other sources. It'll be a spot that you can actually say this was a source, uh, which will be pretty cool. So yeah, I'm excited cool. to see what happens with it. All right. And then we have a, another article regarding uh, Amazon Prime. Um, so they have this new delivery robot that they're, uh, they're going to be checking out and trying out and seeing what the uh, what the issue is basically it's an autonomous uh delivery vehicle that goes on the sidewalk i don't know how loud this is going to be it's got some cute music i'm just going to put it right here um basically we have a, a video of little you know american suburbia i guess um and there's a little six-wheeled blue prime robot rover type vehicle just strolling across crosswalks and down sidewalks and stopping at this person's house and they come out and it detects that they're coming over to it maybe they have their amazon app in their pocket and their phone detects their presence or whatever it opens up gives them their gift and drives away you know so uh <laughs> that's pretty cool gsm that's interesting uh, we got interesting uh, idea from chat there so i <laughs> I think this is really cool and stupid at the same time. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's really it's new. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's really it's really awesome because like that's kind of a cool technological like advancement. But at the same time, like I'm sitting there being like, man, just wait until somebody hacks it or it has to go down a bad street in a bad neighborhood and gets hit on with a bunch of baseball bats. Like it's. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's I think it's funny, but it's at the same time like it's cool that they're doing it. And it's cool to see what Amazon does, but I wonder how much of it actually will like be helpful and make sense later on. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's so. an extension of of you know other things that they're trying out. I don't know if you guys have seen the the Amazon store uh, that basically is completely not staffed by humans, and you just walk in, you scan your phone. There's a bunch of sensors around that detect whether what you picked up and put in your bag or whatever, and you walk out, and then you get billed, and it's a uh, completely frictionless, um, pretty amazing, pretty amazing tech. So, um, I like seeing them push storefronts one direction. I also like seeing them pushing delivery another direction. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, 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 it's a different article, but right now, uh, politically, you know, the post office is going through. Um, a a price increase for for oh. the U.S. and, uh, and it's going to cost it's going <laughs> to cost Amazon a couple billion dollars. So yeah. they need to they need to start looking at things. Even if this costs a couple billion dollars to roll out to some key places, if this is what saves them money in the long run by keeping uh, by keeping from buying stamps and USPS postage, then you know all the power to them. Then it works. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I. 
doesn't help with the the government shutdown and everything like that. Yeah, so. not 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 a good deal at the moment. No, <laughs> not currently. All right, so uh, so there's another article about uh, this is from Wired. Um, yeah, we got a we got a quick thing from chat. So uh, I'm all for pushes that Amazon is doing, both for new technology as well as it giving insights into new fields of jobs, such as mechatronics. I like it, dude. Um, that's from DJ Sando. I think Sando is your co-host on uh, Organization. Yeah, TV. he is. Awesome. Yeah, so good old Sando. In, good old Sandy. All right, so the next article we've got is uh, Google DeepMind. Um, the uh, DeepMind has been in the news in the past, uh, in gaming news even. Um, it's a pretty impressive AI that was able to take down the uh, the number one you know, Counter-Strike player in the world. Um, something to the tune of like five games, you know, AI won four out of five of them. Uh, but yeah, so they said back then that the next challenge was going to be StarCraft um, because it's way more complicated than a first-person shooter running around making sure it shoots the right target and goes down the right route um, because there's, you know, a near infinite amount of choices that an AI could do in a StarCraft game. And uh, it looks like DeepMind completely crushed the humans at StarCraft, too. So uh, so pretty impressive stuff. Uh, definitely watch out for the AI overlords, because if they can beat us in StarCraft, they can beat us in anything. Um, I don't know. It's with just the, you know, with humans, it's kind of like we have, um, we have the ability to use like 10% of our brain or something like that. Like a computer isn't yeah, stuck by that hindrance. Of our brain. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a computer isn't stuck by that hindrance. And so it just has so much more computing power. Even if, you know, you could you call it absolutely comparable to a human brain. Like, so it doesn't surprise me that this happened because it can remember so much more and come up with strategy so much more and so much quicker. So, I think it's cool, though. I think it's cool to see that. I think it'd be a good thing to get to the point where you could actually take that AI and sell it as a training bot. Yep. You know, sell it sell it to train against these teams so that way they can work on it and find out where they're going wrong, and it helps the AI get better as well as it helps the teams and the competition get better. Um, so I think it could be used pretty well. Um, it's a cool thing, I think. Yeah, they actually... the. Uh just fun facts you know the bot was actually playing 200 years of real-time starcraft to learn everything so basically uh they had just hundreds and thousands of instances of uh of starcraft being played by this computer at the same time you know just so it could learn every possible outcome and all that um but yeah from chat ai can do anything when programmed correctly and at the same time you need people to program everything Yes, uh, you guys aren't wrong, um, but the problem is, is that once it's programmed and it's out there, uh, it can't really, can't really be undone, you know. So, yeah, it'll affect the job market. It'll affect a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, so if you guys didn't know, like Sando and I are going a little bit. Like, I he had a point that I wanted to contact on, but I didn't want to no, take yeah, away go, from go our ahead. time. So. Well, it was just it was just with the pushes for technology like that Amazon's doing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to create some jobs for programming with what they're doing in the mechatronics aspect. But 
the the like ten jobs it creates for all that stuff doesn't fix the fact of the hundred jobs that are lost by that supermarket. Um, because as Pixel said, once it's once it's programmed, then they're not needed anymore, or something like that, and you'd need significantly less people. So that's the only thing I worry about with the, the developments in technology is where will we eventually fill the jobs? Because there will eventually start becoming a deficit of who who is working and who's not working. So eventually it'll eventually it will happen. Eventually it'll get to a point where um, it's just a matter of. At what point in time will you get to the point where you can say that humans are not needed to work anymore? And so it's, it's it'll become interesting. Yeah, um, we'll have, a, we'll have another podcast about universal basic income and all that stuff. It'll be fun. All the fun. And Mars. We'll talk about Mars, too. Woohoo! Let's <laughs> go to Mars! This is funny. Like, chat blows up when we talk about AI taking over the world. There, there you go, Sando. At least... Sando said, uh, once everything gets set up, he'll break it so everybody has jobs again. And you know what? I appreciate that at the very least. Yeah, we just need a couple strategically planted EMPs and we're good. <laughs> exactly. Go back that's, in that's time it. for a that's minute. What need. Uh, All right. So, uh, so last article. Um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, we've talked about xCloud in the past. Um, this is Microsoft's uh, streaming service that will stream, uh, you know, AAA games at 60 frames per second to mobile devices, to tablets, to TVs, to whatever. Um, and then even a uh, an Xbox that's potentially in the works that is basically just going to be a stream box. Um, but I was uh, I was looking at this. Um, so the, the article says Microsoft's becoming a Netflix of video games, and that's good news. Um, I wanted to kind of look at this from a different angle. Um, so bandwidth, right? You need a certain amount of bandwidth to be able to stream a game at 60 frames per second on a device in your house or out and about, right? Um, but for a little while here, um, especially here on Mixer, uh, as a streamer, you can just turn on your Xbox, you could sign in, you could say go live, and then you're streaming to Mixer, right? Which also takes bandwidth. So if you don't have the bandwidth for that, you're not going to be able to stream. But if you do have the bandwidth, you just stream and then you grow a following and have a channel and meet some people and all that stuff. Pretty cool. Um, but I don't know if the bandwidth is there to be able to have a game where I it has to be streamed to you and then you have to stream it back. I think this will be the same problem that I have with the stream box in the first place. It only works for people that have fiber optic internet. Right. Like, ideally, it works for people that have fiber optic or 100 plus up and down. Yeah. And And I I say 100 100 megabytes plus up and down. Now, I mean, not that 100 kilobyte stuff. That ain't going to help you at all here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's one of those things of... (laughs) It's going to come down to... If you don't have the internet for it if you don't have fiber optic if you don't have 150 up and down then you're not going to be able to do much with it because you're going to have to stream or you're going to have to always download these and everything like that like that at least for me that's one of that's a big problem that i see is a lot of the internet for people like in my area we don't have there is nowhere 
within an hour of us that has like is heavily invested in fiber optic except maybe charlottesville but even then like that's the closest place and that's within an hour because i know that roanoke is not as established as charlottesville is and i i'm not sure that they would have a lot of fiber optic uh stuff set up for internet so it's one of those things of where i live a stream box makes very little sense especially with the aspects of there being basically this area is controlled by this internet provider this area is controlled by this one because if you're in the area that's controlled by one that doesn't have as good of internet then this is useless to you because at, at least in my area internet's kind of like our biggest problem with it all but <clears throat> That's just how it is and how I view it from here. Now, chat's saying that that's not the only, that's not the real problem. I'm still waiting to hear what the real problem is. <laughs> but, um, I, that's, that's a real problem for my area. Because a lot of, like, my students even don't have internet at home. So, being able to do stuff like that with basically moving towards a stream box or a download and have everything be digital, it's it's not as feasible in the area where I live. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm actually uh, privileged enough to live in a spot that that fiber is available. Yeah. Um, but even and I and I have fiber, but um, even having fiber, like I feel like fiber is not enough to do both of these things. Like I was doing the project stream from Google, which is you play Assassin's Creed Odyssey through Google Chrome. Um, and it was awesome. It was great. But, uh, but the problem was that, uh, I had a Chrome tab open besides the Chrome tab I had open to play Assassin's Creed. And it said, Hey, you're having a little bit of a, of a issue. And I was like, really? Like I had the guide up. For Assassin's Creed, you know, it's like, hey, we noticed you had you had a little bit of a hiccup there. Like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't surf the internet and play a game at the same time. And yeah, everybody, yeah. you know, saying five G is going to be the future of gaming. Absolutely, it's going to be the future of everything. We talked about it previously on the podcast, like not just speed, but also presence and AR and all that stuff. It makes all those things possible. Um, but five G, uh, being able to stream. In, in, I'll say most early iterations of 5G and probably even like not not like uh, not later LTE 4G that we're talking about because 4G I imagine 5G is going to be much faster than 4G but um, the initial so LTE is long term evolution I believe is what the uh, what the acronym is so as 4G develops it gets faster and faster right and 5G will probably have a similar similar step but it won't be that step for years. So you will not be able to uh, walk around with your 5G tablet and play a game and stream it on Mixer, walking down the street or whatever, or with your AR glasses. You know, like there's gonna be a limit still. So uh, so Microsoft pushing so early to make a stream box and a stream service, I think I think they're just a little bit, it's a little bit too soon, you know? Yeah. I, I just, yeah, and, and again, I just don't think it's quite, I don't think it's quite as feasible as that right now. Um, 
and see. Now, now it comes through with the real problem. So we finally got our real problem is that the devices can't even handle the bandwidth that fiber offers. So even if you have fiber, you'll never get a smooth stream. At which point I still think it comes down to the internet is the problem just in the opposite direction. The internet's too good for what you have, but you can't utilize it. Or the internet is terrible and you can't utilize it. Um, so I think that it just comes down to we still need some more technological advances, as Pixel was saying, to, to get to the point where it's feasible. Um, and so I think I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, with a mix of what uh, Iman was saying with not being able to handle the bandwidth. So when we have good internet, not being able to use it and then um, being in areas like where I live where there there isn't good internet. So you can't use that either. I think it it creates a um, a problem for both sides. So there's a problem on both sides of it. We need better technology, but we also need better internet and better better coverage for yeah, for the technology to be used. Yeah. Because yeah. um, otherwise, you're not going to see many sales of this stream box go through if if the common person can't use it. If you have to live in a big city, that's gonna like yeah, that's still a big population, but it's gonna limit your um it's gonna limit your your potential sales and everything like that at least at least from the way that i see it and of course i don't you know i i don't i don't work in in the internet like areas like job markets and stuff like that you know it's not the stuff i look into every day or go to work to do um it's just from how i see it looking in so, uh, but I, I also agree with Iman saying that calling it a Netflix for gaming is bad. Yeah. Because yeah, Netflix can run on two megs or less sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so where where this is not going to work as as well. Um, yeah, where it has yet, yeah, yeah. So. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think it. I think that they really want to make this shift and want to be a technologically advanced and and forefathers for something again. But I think that at the same time they're they're going too fast. They're going a little too fast, and they need to work on some other things before they get to the point of a streaming console. Yep. All right. Cool. I think that's where we're gonna call it tonight. Um... You got any any final thoughts before I do like the streamer shout out and uh, a wrap um, up? Uh, not not too much. I I hope you guys enjoy having me on, and I know Pixel does Dude, always. But I I hope that uh, my opinion at least brings some some worth to everybody outside of Pixel and whatnot. Um, so I'm glad that uh I'm glad that I get to sit here and be with you guys and talk about through all this stuff with. A mix of my passions and everything else that goes on. Awesome. All right, cool. So, uh, so with that, um, we'll do the streamer shout out. Uh, this is a, a guy I was finally able to meet uh, in person at Pack South. Uh, this is uh, Sioni. I'll link. Uh, I'll drop his link in chat um, right now. I think he's playing Anthem or trying to. Oh, uh, <laughs> Everybody's uh, trying to play Anthem. 
but yeah so Sioni he's a uh, he's a streamer I found when I was uh, looking around for Path of Exile streamers to kind of learn from because I was still new to the game honestly I'm still new to the game it's still fun to watch him completely destroy Path of Exile um, but he also plays other stuff um, he also has a uh, an anime night with his uh, with his community they watch animes together um, and you get to talk about it in their discord um, and then finally one other thing he's he's also a mixer partner um, and that means that he's able to uh, to accept sparks for his uh, for his stream through his community uh, we've talked about sparks previously um, <laughs> on other on other episodes but one of the things he does uh, he has a he has a button for a million sparks um, and the million spark button which sounds like a lot of sparks but I think you can get that in a probably five or six days of watching channel one uh, non-stop just leaving the tab open um, just to donate to him but uh, but yeah so if you uh, if you donate a million sparks to him basically he turns on his security camera feed on his stream and he goes and takes a lap outside and it's funny because he lives in a very cold place right now and uh, he, oh. runs, he runs often in 12 degree weather you're, so, you're uh, telling me that I should drop my million right now you should go drop your million on Sioni. That'd be funny, dude. Like, do it right now. I can do that. <laughs> I have to be watching, man. No, funny. I just did it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring it up because he's probably gonna say <laughs> he's probably gonna say the f word or something. I want to keep the podcast yeah. clean. But um, but yeah. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool concept. You know. Keeps him healthy, keeps his blood flowing, uh, gives chat something to, uh, you know, to work for, to strive for, and uh, to send him on a run. Um, but yeah, I met him uh, in person finally at Pack South. Really cool guy. We got to hang out and have lunch and stuff, so it was good. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely uh, check him out on Mixer. It's uh, C O N E, which is S E E O H K N E E. Um, kind of a kind of a phonetic name. But um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely drop by sometime. Typically, he's streaming at night, uh, into like the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, it's you did a good thing by not watching. He just he just dropped one. So <laughs> awesome! All right, and then uh, with that, thanks everyone in chat. You guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, for talking through the articles with us, and uh, and giving us. Uh, your opinions on stuff hopefully we were able to give you a little bit of attention while me and kill were talking about things um thanks again kill for coming on as a co-host or guest or whatever it is i call the well, people who well thank you for letting with. me be here and no worries iman yeah iman and and curbs they, they're not available tonight either too tired or too uh ill to give us their 100 percent. but maybe yeah maybe next week man no worries dude don't don't uh don't beat yourself up about it and um yeah so we uh will be here live next week um friday night at about midnight central time uh be doing another uh podcast episode 17 about all kinds of stuff and with that thanks so much we'll see you next time